everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Okay, friends, today is the day. I have been waiting on this interview and praying over it since March of this year. Today, I'm interviewing best friends Ashley Watton and Sarah Leafgreen. Remember Ashley from episode three? Well, a lot has happened since that interview, which she's going to share, and Sarah is going to share about crossing over. What do you do when you walk through infertility with some of your closest friends, and then you get the news that miracle of miracles, you're pregnant? How do you embrace this new joyful season while still being mindful, loving, and caring for your friends who are still waiting? I was so excited and overwhelmed with excitement, yet also just so overwhelmed with I have to tell people this now. And now I'm on the other side of where I wanted to be, yet I'm here and I want them to be here too with me. What I love about Sarah and Ashley is how they are examples of how we can navigate this with joy and sadness at exactly the same time. So even if you're listening to this and have never faced infertility a day in your life, there is something here for you. You have friends that are facing it. So I believe that you can glean a lot from hearing Sarah and Ashley share some tips on telling your friends this amazing news of yours and how maybe for this friendship, the tell needs to look a little different. So today's episode is going to be broken up into two parts. Part one will cover their stories and how Sarah shared the news with Ashley. And part two covers how they're navigating not only their friendship, but other friendships that they found through infertility. Do not miss either one of these episodes. Let's get started. Hey, girls. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad to finally have you guys on. We have been talking about this for how long has it been? Several months. Honestly, I feel like we started talking about it in like February. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was before I launched. Yeah. So how are you guys? Y'all, I know that you are best friends and all of that, but tell us a little bit about your relationship and your friendship. Yeah. So Sarah and I met, we worked at Pine Cove Christian Camps in Tyler, Texas. We spent our summers with uh, junior high kids <laughs> in the heat of the summer, but we worked at camp together and formed a friendship through working at camp. And then we would during holiday, so it was during college. So when we would come home for Christmas, Thanksgiving, things like that. We both lived in the Dallas area. So we would get together a lot. We would visit each other at school, things like that. So we just formed a friendship over the years. And through those visits um, on the holidays when Sarah would come over and hang out or whatever, my little brother (laughs) formed a little bit of a crush on Sarah. He is three years younger than me. So two Two years years younger than you. And he was still in high school, I think, when we first met. Yep. Sarah. I know. (laughs) I said the whole time, tell him when he graduates. As a joke. (laughs) Yes. So I think he was like a senior in high school when we first met. And then from there, obviously, went to college. He 
him and I both went to Arkansas and Sarah came and visited me in Arkansas. I don't remember if you saw him then or not, but over time it just became like a joke. Kyle would joke with me about how he like loved Sarah. And then I would joke with Sarah whenever we'd be talking about, you know, the guys we were dating or whatever, it would be a joke of, well, don't worry. Once my brother graduates college, you can just marry him and, We'll oh just have goodness. this like great life together, which was hilarious, but not. Was there ever was there ever a thought in your mind, Sarah, that like this could happen? So no doubt, of course, <laughs> marrying your friend's brother would be like the best ever, right? But there wasn't. I think a couple times, maybe I was like, "Oh, that could be a fun idea." Like he loves Jesus. He's really fun. He's got great dance moves, maybe. But I, it wasn't really a thought I entertained very often until Ashley got married and Kyle was graduated college (laughs) and um, being a single bridesmaid at this wedding where there's, you know, all these single groomsmen, I was just like, hmm, this could be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So at my wedding, um, actually the morning of my wedding, this is like my favorite part of the whole story. My mom introduced Sarah to Trey, my husband's grandmother as this is Sarah. This is the girl that I want Kyle to marry. And so Aww. it's really funny. So one of my best friends from middle school on, who was also a bridesmaid, she found out that there was like a potential mutual interest on both sides. And she's known my brother since he was like in elementary school. So she and her husband went hardcore middle school and we're going back and forth to them all night. Like if he asked you on a date, would you say yes? And she said she would say yes. So you should go ask for her number. I had no idea any of this was happening until I landed from my honeymoon, getting back from my honeymoon. And I had a text message from both Sarah and Kyle that was like, so do you and Trey want to go on a double date with us to the Rangers game? And I was sitting in the plane Trying not to start screaming because I was so excited. Oh my goodness. So it was really fun. So yeah, we, um, she dated my brother and I tried to play it really cool the whole time. But inside I was freaking out because this was like dream come true. Yeah. And then they got married and I guess y'all were married for what, about a year before we moved into the houses? Yeah, about a year and a half we were married and then... We both were in a place where we needed new places to live. And, of course, it would be so fun to live in the same neighborhood or at least, like, a couple streets over. But we ended up um, building houses on two lots back-to-back. And our houses are (laughs) – they look the same. Um, But we have a little gate in our backyard. We live exactly back-to-back. Our husbands uh, work together, actually, and then – we have a, a little lifestyle blog. Our life is very intertwined, but it's really fun. And um, yeah, so we're just together right now. But this yes. is kind of what it looks like, you know, at least a couple of times a week that one of us is over at each other's houses or. It's literally been a dream. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like it doesn't even seem real when you guys are talking about it. I'm like, that would be that's so rare and that would be so cool. When but you people, never you never hear of it happening. No, and people always ask, like, was there one of you guys that like isn't okay with this? Is there like <laughs> one of you that's like kind of annoyed or whatever? And it's like, no, like genuinely we all are like, This is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Does Kyle ever feel like a means to an end? 
Yeah, <laughs> you just really wanted to you get really just him to live exactly. out our life. No, he he. I don't. I don't even think he would care if Sarah used him because he, <laughs> he loves Sarah yeah. so much. No, but we live in Kyle and Trey have become best friends working together, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that was. Uh, really important for Trey and I, because we, right after we got married, we had to leave our community in the Dallas area to move to Abilene. And we felt very alone and isolated in that time. And so moving back, that was to the Fort Worth area. That was our biggest thing is we just want to live in community with people. So it's been really sweet just in the way that the Lord has provided as he does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine by giving us Kyle and Sarah right behind us and then providing the world's most amazing neighbors. We are all always together. We joke like we need to start knocking down some more fences to just create one massive backyard for... That's what I was about to say. Y'all need to tear the fence down and put a pool in. We do. We do. (laughs) And then I just feel sorry for the poor suckers who have to buy the house after you guys. Hopefully you have someone that you love that can live behind you. Yes. So not only do you guys share basically every other part of your lives, but you also share a common story of infertility. So Sarah, why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit of your story? Yes, absolutely. So my story really started probably in December of 2016. Um, My husband and I um, decided that we wanted to stop taking the birth control pill. Um, my whole entire life, all I've ever dreamed of was being a mom. And I just knew like, this was something that would happen quickly. Like that's what I've always dreamed of. Surely now that I have this desire, the Lord's going to give me this baby. And boy, (laughs) was that just like an immaturity and just like, a complete um, lack of just trust. But anyways, uh, we started trying probably in January unofficially, although I hadn't had a full cycle yet. Um, just thinking, who knows when you're off the pill, I had done no research and surely you just get pregnant. That's but how it works. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. works. That's what, yeah, every, every uh, one of my really close friends has gotten pregnant within one to two cycles after getting off of uh, the birth control pill. So that's what I was told and was really excitedly anticipating that. Um, So I didn't have a a period actually for the first two months, probably just my body uh, readjusting to uh, getting off of the birth control pill. And, um, you know, my midwife told me, you know, don't start tracking anything. But of course, when she said that, I immediately did. And got an app, uh, started buying, you know, ovulation sticks or whatever. And, you know, I never, after peeing on them for months and months and spending money, I never, never said that I actually ovulated. So I would get high, but I never had like the actual, um, like flashing smiley face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the peak day. And so, you know, I wasn't super concerned because I thought, obviously I'm doing this wrong. Um, surely it's me user error. But, um, after a couple months I did, you know, I, I just went in just to say like, can, you know, is there anything that we need to be concerned about? And of course, uh, being under 30, they weren't willing to run, you know, any tests or anything, which I was okay with. Um, I have no pre-existing medical conditions. Um, 
there was nothing that I was anticipating them finding necessarily, but you know, I had my thyroid checked, a couple things like that. And then um, after, you know, about eight months, started to, you know, just get a little bit worried. And eight months might not seem like the longest time, but it seemed like forever in my mind and Kyle's mind. And Ashley and I, um, who we'll talk about, but we started, you know, just making friends with different women that had also been struggling with infertility. And then, um, you know, connected with a a girlfriend of mine from college who had a Facebook page. And so started really just diving into relationships with different women that were also struggling, which was so helpful. Um, And then in, I guess, January or February of this past year, Ashley and I had, you know, started a blog in December and we decided that we really wanted to share our stories. We wanted to be authentic. We wanted God to get the glory out of what he was doing in our lives and our stories of struggling and waiting um, for a baby. And so I shared very briefly on our blog that, you know, our third year of marriage had been made more difficult because we were waiting for the Lord to give us um, a baby. And so that released in February. And of course, you know, with nervous hands, you press submit this story of, you know, sadness and and just pain and um it was cool just to see different women you know reaching out that they had no idea or oh I've been struggling with that as well and so then formed even closer relationships with other women that were struggling which was um really sweet I think being in a season of waiting um you can either choose to isolate and not talk about it or you just I'm a very relational person just develop relationships and and pray with other women that are also in the wait. And so actually, um, March 1st is the day that I found out I was pregnant, um, which was so exciting. Um, which was just a few weeks after you posted it. It was, yeah, I I think I posted on February 17th and Mm -hmm. we found out I was pregnant on March 1st. Wow. So I have no idea when I ovulated that month. I actually, (laughs) I did an ovulation test and everything, of course, in February, never said that I ovulated. So I told Kyle, I was like, this month's kind of a wash, you know, like, and we, you know, I mean, it didn't, we didn't do it very many times. I don't know if you post that in there, but (laughs) I, um, I thought for sure, you know, we maybe did it once in my fertile window, according to my phone app. And then the ovulation kit said that I didn't ovulate. So I just thought it was a complete waste of a month. And then March 1st uh, came around and I was a couple days late, which was not abnormal. Every single cycle I had had, I had been at least a week, sometimes two weeks late. So it wasn't a surprise to me to be, to be late. Um, but I decided to take a test. I had a happy hour that night. And I just, you know, was like, I'm better safe than sorry. Took a test, looked at myself in the mirror because I just wanted to remember what it looked like for me to be so shocked. And um, yeah, found I was pregnant on March 1st. So I'm 20 weeks this week, actually. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And I, you, and I talked like first, I told you that day. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun moment for me to be on this side of it because I did the same thing. I, I told you that day whenever I found out 
but I was pregnant at 5 a.m. and was just shocked that day, that Monday morning. Um, mm. I randomly text, like, I didn't know who to, talk, I didn't know who to tell. Like, you mm. don't have protocol. Like, you don't sit there and dream when you've been dealing with infertility of like, who's the first person I'm going to tell or how I'm going to tell. I'm like, this was just so shocking. And so I think I text, I texted, you know, my friend who at the time was not even my best friend. We were just friends. And I was like, so I'm pregnant and that's it. <laughs> and she was like, called me and we had to talk. And then the next person was my trainer. Cause I had to tell her why I had been eating biscuits all weekend. Um, <laughs> but same thing with you. I was at, I was trying to schedule an interview with you to be on the podcast and you were like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, so I could, but <laughs> actually just found out that. Yeah. And I hadn't, I, you know, I hadn't told Kyle yet. Hadn't told Ashley, who is probably the first person I would normally tell all <laughs> of the things to. And so I was just like, I have to tell somebody right now. And so there you were. <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was fun. I was cooking dinner with my computer open and just like laughing out loud at like your panic and your excitement, but also your, you know, we're going to talk about in a minute, the emotions of that. So, um, I'm glad I could be there for that. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, I interviewed you in episode three. Um, part one was your story. And then part two was just what all God's been doing in your life and what you've learned. And so, um, but for those listeners who haven't heard that episode, go ahead and share with us about your story. Yeah. So, First of all, sorry for making you split that into two parts. I'm. Are you kidding? I didn't I, cut I, anything out. It was all so good. <laughs> yes. So I have been on a about 15 year journey with chronic illness and autoimmune diseases, and so this has been my health and that whole um, side of things has been something I've struggled with for a long time. And honestly, something Sarah and I were actually talking about it earlier this morning. You know, I came into trying to get pregnant almost with the expectation of this might not be easy because I have celiac disease, I have Hashimoto's disease, and then I have um, endometriosis pretty severe. And so endometriosis. So we knew going in that there was this potential of this might not be the easiest thing to enter into and it might not happen as quickly as we thought. We didn't know about the Hashimoto's actually until we were uh, about eight months into trying to conceive and that we believe that's one of the things that's hindering our ability to conceive at this point. Um, but yeah, so it's been a long journey um, health-wise. And then also we have now been trying to get pregnant for a, over a year and a half. Um, and I know we'll share about this um, in a little bit, but we actually did get pregnant in April. And unfortunately, we lost the baby a few days after we found out that we were pregnant. And so that's, you know, added a whole nother layer to what we're walking yeah. through. And obviously, that's happened since we had our conversation earlier this year. Um, but that's a little bit more my story. And I know people, it's, there's a lot more to it, but they can go back and listen to that episode three, part one to get more of the specifics and the details on that so that we don't re-talk about all of that here. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, you really need to go back and listen to it. She just had so much, so much good stuff. And her story is just really, 
when you hear her story and then you hear what you shared about just how you view God and how you face the days when you're having hard days, it's just, it's so powerful that you can, that you can do that. And I, and I love that about you. So go back and listen if you haven't done that. So not only do you guys do everything in life together, but now you've walked these roads together and now one of you is no longer on that road. Um, so Sarah, let's go back to that day that you found out that you were pregnant and let's talk through that and kind of the emotions that you were feeling with that. Yeah. Okay. So I, like I said, I wanted to tell somebody immediately. That's like the first thing you're like, I have to, I have to tell somebody. And I, I can keep other people's secrets, but I cannot keep my own. And I was so excited. And the, you know, a couple months prior, I had taken a pregnancy test and I was pretty positive that there was two lines, but I wasn't sure. So of course I ran it over to Ashley's house and was like, tell me, like, not to freak you out, but like, tell me what you see here. (laughs) Um, Ended up, you know, I started my period the next day, but this time Mm -hmm. it was very clear. And, um, I was on my way to go work. Like I had to be somewhere in 30 minutes. I didn't have time to go talk to her because I knew it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a long conversation. And so, um, I talked to you, I talked to another friend and just prayer warrior and honestly called her and was sobbing because I was so excited and overwhelmed with excitement, yet also just so overwhelmed with, I have to tell people this now. And now I'm on the other side of where I wanted to be, yet I'm here and I want them to be here too with me. And mm-hmm. um, I was distraught, honestly. I was so excited and I wanted to celebrate, yet I didn't know how. And my personality is very much like, I don't really want to be the center of attention. I will do it, but I would so much rather be celebrating other people. And so I didn't know how to enter into this space of, I have these amazing friends that I've just gotten super close to. And then there's Ashley, who I do my everyday life with, who I have to go and not only like share something that's super exciting for me, but also like kind of crush them a little bit. And so, um, we had actually a couple months prior or maybe a month prior found a resource online through Megan Smalley. And it was, and if you don't know who that is, she has a little space on the internet, um, Scarlet and Gold, and then she mm-hmm. has a, a podcast and um, some other things, a blog, basically a blog post was amazing on how to share you're pregnant with a friend that's struggling with infertility. And so I had kind of shared, I had kind of read up on some resources through her and um, knew that I just wanted to be so sensitive to um, the people in my life in 2018, but then also through this, like through infertility, like how to share something that is all that you've prayed for with somebody that wants it just as bad. And so, and you want it for them too. And I think that was the hardest part. So I told Kyle and then the next day was the weekend was coming up and I had an opportunity where I was going to be able to share with our in-laws and I really wanted our families to know pretty early on. So I walked over, of course, like I usually do to Ashley. I texted her and I was like, are you at home? But the funny thing is she, I had told her, no, I'm not home. I'll be home in like 30 minutes. And I wasn't home right at 30 minutes. So I started getting more texts of like, 
where are you? Are you home now? (laughs) I was like, man, she wants to hang out with me today. Yeah. (laughs) So I walked over through the backyard and she was doing dishes and I was so annoyed because I was like, (laughs) I just want you sitting down, like not with a knife in your hand or something, like please sit. And so I was so awkward for like 20 minutes, just like standing around her kitchen and like kind of helping, like put cups away or whatever. And then I was like, I think I'm going to sit down. And so I sat down and basically just, uh, she asked me a question about an upcoming trip that we had. And I just got really silent. And I think I was like, I don't really know exactly what I said, because this is not how I would have planned it um, through all of the the blog posts I read and everything. Like it wouldn't have been this way. You were so prepared. Yeah, I was. And I think I was just like, I'm, did you you ask me? I, you, I, I asked you about your trip. Uh, about something if you were excited to do something yeah. and you said well, you got silent and you said well I have something I need to tell you <laughs> and I think of course she knew I, I was basically told her I was pregnant Ashley at, like her reaction was priceless I think she screamed and basically jumped on me and we were both like so excited and then we both just started sobbing um there was a lot of tears and but it was really sweet. It was one of those like I felt so celebrated in the moment and so excited. Yet we were both like, man, man. Okay, this is something we're gonna walk through now. And we knew that this was gonna happen. And we knew that one, it would be one of us first. And of course, we had each prayed that it would be the other. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's how you are for your friends, like, and your family. Like the whole time, I was like, I'm so excited, but I just. I wanted this to be you. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was sweet. It was, uh, sad all at the same time. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of the start of kind of sharing, um, you know, with Ashley and then, you know, through all my other friends, just kind of learning how to share with them as well in a way that was, respectful of their heart. And I probably reached out to my friends that had struggled with infertility very first. Those are the, you know, before I told my parents or I told my mom, told Kyle's parents, and then immediately started um, reaching out to those people because the last thing I wanted was for someone to feel blindsided and hear it from somebody that wasn't me. And so immediately just reached out to them lovingly. And, you know, some relationships are still strained and that's okay. But, um, but I feel like, and we'll talk about ours and just kind of how the road that we've walked since in the last, you know, five months. But, you know, it was really hard in the beginning because you want to be able to, you want to celebrate. And I didn't know how to do that yet. I think I like the first two weeks, I had so much anxiety of like, how do, how do I celebrate? And this is something that it's all I want to talk about yet. I don't want to because I don't want to be offensive. And but at the same time, like I I never want to not celebrate this baby. And so that was kind of the start. I want to hit um how Ashley, how you handled that moment and how like what were you thinking going through your head? But before we do that, Sarah, you said that you texted some all you know, all those girls that you had been walking through this with. Mm-hmm. How did those how did those texts look? What are they what do they look like and how did you how did you do that? Uh, great question. Yeah. So through that little resource I shared, she actually has a text like, Oh, that's awesome. And I didn't use it, but it was very helpful to kind of 
pick it, pick from that. Um, I, I think what I tried to say first was I knew at some point this was a conversation that we were going to have to have and, um, that I was pregnant, um, told them that I didn't expect anything in return. Um, I wanted them to know that I love them and that I still see them where they are and that, um, I'm not, I wasn't expecting any sort of reaction from any of these friends. I wanted them to know that I know where they are and that God knows where they are and sees them and that um, although I would have prayed that it would be them getting to text me first, that I wanted to just respect them knowing that um, this was going to be something in their day that was going to take a blow um, to their stomach and just caused the wind to be knocked out of them, yet I wanted them to know that um, I wasn't, I didn't need anything really in return. And I, they could take as long as they needed to text me back, um, but I just needed them to know that I love them and that I'll continue to be praying. And um, I'll, although we're going to be in a different space, um, just kind of emotionally, um that I wanted to still be available and still be, you know, still be somebody that could listen. Um, I wanted to listen because I think that was the best thing for me was just having people listen and actually not try to chime in and say, oh, well, this is how it happened for me. But that I was there to listen and to just be there to um, cry with them. And then for them to be, you know, if they felt like we would celebrate things together and then also weep together. Cause that's a, just a picture of Jesus. He rejoiced with those who rejoiced and he wept with those who were in mourning and in sadness. And so I wanted to just be that kind of friend that could do hold both things. Mm, that's good. So Ashley on that day when you were washing dishes and she told you that she was going to go sit down on the couch, what, um, what was going through your head when she told you? Um, well, as it was a complete shock to her, it was a complete shock to me because I think the day before I had been lecturing her on the fact that she needed to go to the midwife and get more testing done. Um, and I was just like Sarah said, it's a weird, and I know a lot of the listeners can probably, um, identify with this, but it's this thing that you never, like you have never wanted anything more, but you also want it for everyone else first because whoever gets pregnant first has the harder role to come back and have to say that, mm. that you, that's just devastating to have, to know that you're causing pain that you've experienced before. Um, we, Sarah and I wanted each other to get pregnant first for unselfish reasons, but also very yeah, selfish reasons sure. of want to have to be the one crushing the other person, so to speak. And so, um, so yeah, I, um, had been getting concerned just as Sarah said before with her ovulation. And I was, I think more honestly stressed about her than I was sometimes about me. And so, um, we, the day before, I think we had talked about the fact that she was like, this month's basically a wash. Like, we're not pregnant for sure. And yeah. so uh, when she told me, I was in complete shock. I started screaming. I 
scared my dog to death. <laughs> I was jumping up and down, crying. And I think I just kept saying, I'm so excited. I'm so you excited did. over and over again, because with Sarah, it, I do think it, there is a little bit of a difference because I'm getting a niece out of this. And so th- I am gaining so much through her being pregnant as well. And so um, the initial reaction was just shock and so much excitement for them. Um, And the fact that my baby brother is going to be a dad was just like blowing my mind. And then as Sarah said, it was almost like this crescendo into like the most excited, happy moment. And then it kind of came crashing down for both of us a little bit. The few minutes that followed of just You know, there is a little bit of grief in the fact Mm -hmm. that we wish we were going through this together. Like we, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the dream when you live back to back Mm -hmm. and you get to do everything together. Your hope and your dream is that you get to do pregnancy together. And that just hasn't, um, that just wasn't the reality at that moment. And it still isn't the reality today. And so It was a lot of mixed emotions, but I will say that I think that was one of the more like intimate moments in our friendship because it was just so such raw emotion on both sides Mm -hmm. of the situation. And I will say that's something that Sarah does very, very well and something she alluded to in like the text that she was sending out to her friends is she can hold both joy and sadness very well and in the same place. And so... Um, that was, I felt like there was zero expectation on me of any sort of reaction. And then I could be honest about how I was feeling and what was going through my mind. And at the same time, it's been something that's been hard for me because I never want her to not feel celebrated in this pregnancy. And so what does that look like? And it's been a continual process to figure out what that looks like to, be fully joyful, but also not ignore the feelings of um, sadness or grief that I'm experiencing at the same time. I heard that recently that it's okay that you are we're humans and God made us complex and we can feel extreme joy as well as mm-hmm. extreme grief at the same time. And there's going to be days that sometimes the grief may outweigh the joy. Mm-hmm. but we're allowed to experience that. And I love that Sarah gave you that, that freedom. And I think that's when the hurt comes in is when it's, there isn't that freedom to feel that. And it's just, this happened to me. I'm excited. Get on board. Your turn's coming eventually, but right now it's my turn. I think that's when the hurt comes in in friendships. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward a little bit, Ashley. I know because you mentioned it, you guys do everything together. <laughs> the dream is pregnancy together like how perfect would that bow just be to add to your you know beautiful story um and you thought that was about to happen Mm -hmm. so tell me about that yeah so we um had been told I shared this on uh the previous episode that I was on episode three one of the parts not sure which one that my doctor told me back in January that we needed to put trying to conceive on hold for about six months. Um, basically, I she was just like, you're sick and your body needs time. We need to get some 
medication, some supplements in you and get some healing to take place before um, you guys start trying just because pregnancy does a lot of things to your body and we need to get you in a place where your body can handle it a little bit better. So we had been not trying um, the first few months we weren't super strict with it. And then I had gotten on a medication that she said, once you start taking this particular medication, it might, um, I guess like enhance your fertility a little bit just because what it was doing to help my body. And so she said, you know, be a little more mindful once you get on this medication to, you know, be careful. Mm -hmm. We, um, had been a little more careful. And so we still don't know when it happened. And honestly, I was kind of in the same boat that Sarah was when she found out she was pregnant. In my mind, there was no way that we were pregnant. And the whole week leading up to finding out I hadn't been feeling super well, Sarah in her mind was like, I think she's pregnant, but not really saying anything because she didn't want to like put anything in my mind that shouldn't be there or anything. But starting on about Thursday... I, my period was late, but I had started all these medications. So I was kind of writing it off as, oh, it's just messing with my cycle a little bit because I've started all these new things. And, but some of the medication you're not supposed to take if you are pregnant. So I started taking, or I took a pregnancy test because I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't doing anything harmful if I happened to be pregnant. And so I remember it was Thursday mm-hmm. and I took one and we, I, it was one of those where you're like, is there something there? I don't really think there is. I'm not sure. And Kyle and Sarah actually had come over for dinner. And so I made both Kyle and Sarah <laughs> look at it and they were like, I mean, I kind of see something, but it's not really two lines. And so I just kind of gone about my day, but by Saturday, Sarah and I were at a conference and we were sitting in there and I was like, I do not feel good. And so I had texted Trey, my husband, and just said, Hey, will you go to the store and get a digital pregnancy test? The ones that just say pregnant, not pregnant and leave it in the closet. The expensive ones. Yes. (laughs) And because I was with Sarah and then my best friend from college was in town. And so I, I was like, just leave it in the closet. And once we all get home tonight, I can take it. And it'll just put my mind at ease because I really expected it to say not pregnant, but I was just kind of panicking about the amount of medication I was taking and all of that, like I said. So we got home that night really late. I opened up the pregnancy test. I didn't realize he had gotten one that had one with the lines and one digital. So it was the one with the lines. And it was when I actually threw the pregnancy test away at first because I didn't think it was anything. And then I was in here talking or I was in my room talking to my best friend. And I was like, will you just look at this pregnancy test? And because it's just kind of making me crazy. She was like, there's definitely two lines. So I called Sarah back over yeah. here at like midnight to come look at it. My husband hadn't come home yet. Him, my brother, and his friend were all at my parents' house still hanging out on the back porch. And so I started chugging water to do the digital pregnancy <laughs> test. And the, Sarah, Erica, my friend, and then I were just sitting in my bathroom waiting for the test to come back. And all of us were, I think, panicking. Sarah was pretty certain I was pregnant. Erica was preparing in her mind what to say to me when it was negative, because I think we both thought it was going to be negative. 
And then it said I was pregnant and immediately all three of us just fell to the floor weeping. (laughs) And it was just a super special moment. And, um, looking back now, I could not be more thankful that the three of us all got to share that just because Mm -hmm. that joy was so short lived, but that I feel like our baby was truly celebrated Mm -hmm. from the moment we found out. And so, Um, we waited for Trey to get home and I told him and then we waited for my brother to get home and we told him and the plan was to tell my parents the next day, which we did. Um, and so that was all over the weekend. So Saturday night into Sunday, we hadn't had a chance to tell Trey's family we were pregnant yet, but I had, we had ordered some little t-shirts to tell my niece and nephew and we were making plans to tell his family. And then on Tuesday, I started to experience some worrisome symptoms, um, which they're worrisome, but also they can mean nothing. So I started cramping and started having a little bit of spotting. And so I naturally was very concerned, but I... Um, by the time I called the doctor, they were, were closed. I was talking to the online or the on-call doctor and she said it could be a miscarriage, but it could be nothing like cramping and spotting can be normal in pregnancy. So there's really nothing you can do right now. Tomorrow morning, you need to come in for blood work and we'll go from there. And so that was a really long night. Um, it had started as very light spotting and then by the eat. I, everyone had come over for dinner, my parents and Sarah, because I, I think everyone was just a little worried. And then everyone had left, and then the bleeding got a little worse, so everyone came back for a few hours. And we were all just praying together and crying together mm-hmm. and all of that, hoping for the best. We still had a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Wednesday morning, I woke up to the reality that we had lost the baby it was very evident. I still had to go in for blood work just to confirm everything um, and to um, get like my blood typing done because, and fortunately my midwife did that and made me go do that because I have a negative blood type, which means that I could form antibodies against future pregnancies. So I had to go in and get an injection and all of these things that followed. But um, yeah, it was a pretty it was definitely the lowest point of this whole fertility journey. And I remember my husband, we were just laying in bed after we knew that we had lost the baby crying and praying. And uh, he just said, this is the first time that it's been really hard for me. It's been hard for him. He's wanted a child this whole time. It's taken longer than he expected, but he recognizes and I recognize he's not the one that's tracking or worried right, about yeah. when his period's going to start or if that's a symptom of pregnancy or if that's just PMS or whatever. And so this was the first moment for him that it kind of got real and got really hard. So you posted about it, Ashley, on Facebook. Just was it a few days after? Yeah. So, uh, the miscarriage, we lost the baby on Wednesday, kind of, I guess, officially, that's when we knew it had happened. And then I posted about it that Sunday, I think Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I basically between Wednesday and Sunday, 
we stopped life. Sarah, my husband got to stay home, obviously, that first day as we just kind of grieved. And then Sarah and I were permanently parked on my couch for the remainder of the week, um, which was such a blessing. Um, Sarah's a trainer, and that was her kind of off week for the month. And it was such a blessing that that worked out the way it did because she literally could just come over and sit with me and we watched Netflix from pretty much morning to evening each day and cried a lot in between. And so, yeah, I had a few days to process and kind of the thing that I kept talking to my husband and to Sarah and to my family about was that it just feels a little bit meaningless right now. It feels cruel that the Lord would have me try to get pregnant for so long, find out by like a surprise that I'm pregnant and then what felt like take it away three days later. Like it all just felt very senseless to me. So my thing was, I, if the Lord can get the glory from this, then it gives it purpose. But if it's something that I just keep to myself and dwell on and have to grieve by myself, it I it just it's gonna be a lot harder for me. And so I had this desire. Well, I had a desire to put it out there because I knew there were so many other women that had walked through this or will unfortunately walk through it. At the same time, I had a very intense desire to tell no one, to talk to no one about it. But ultimately, I just felt the Lord pressing me to put it out there and to put it out there while it was still fresh. And I I shared a little bit about this when I uh, was on the podcast last time is I feel like it's a lot easier to share when you have that happy ending. But I want to be able to share even when I don't see like the, I'm not holding a baby and we are still mourning this. And so with my husband's permission, we I put it out there um, on social media that we had experienced it. And um, I think that was huge for me just as I've walked through the grieving process. And it, it honestly am still walking through the grieving process. Yesterday was two months since the miscarriage. And so it's still fresh and it's still, there are still days that are very hard. Um, but the amount of women that reached out to me and said, I went through this too and I've told no one and just been able to, being able to talk to them about it, being able to pray for them and with them and have them pray for me and just be able to be honest about where we're at and just be encouraged. Um, it, it was just this, a bittersweet experience. Obviously no one wants to walk through that. And I say it's a club that no one wants to be a part of is the club of women that have, who have experienced infertility and then also who have experienced miscarriage. There are so many women that walk through this and it truly is devastating. And so, um, that was just something for me that I felt like it would give it a little bit more purpose if I could feel like the Lord was getting the glory from it. And not that that's the only way he would have used it, but for me, that's what he was prompting me to do and how I felt like he was wanting me to share it. I love what Ashley said. If 
the Lord can get the glory from this, it gives it purpose. They use that as a template for everything in their lives, and I so admire them for that. They share hard things even in the middle of them so that they can point others to Jesus. And guys, there's more where that came from. So jump on over to the next episode and hear how Ashley and Sarah are navigating this next season of their friendship.